Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Black Girl Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Selena Flavius. We are creating a community of unapologetic, ambitious, money-minded women. And this week we have our special extra recording and episode for Talk Money Week. So we have a special guest joining us today and she is from the Money and Pension Service and her name is Monica Kerr. So Monica, hi, thank you for joining me today. Hi Selena, thank you for having me today. Um, It's a great opportunity uh, in regards of um, who we are and what we do. So thank you very much for, um, you know, engaging with us, especially uh, for such an important week of Talk Money Week. Yep, absolutely. So I just want to kind of get our listeners introduced to the money and pension service so I will abbreviate to MAPS going forward because it's a mouthful to say but um, so if you can tell us a little bit about um, your role at MAPS and then if you also tell us a a little bit about MAPS. Yeah by um, all means so okay so my role at MAPS is um, I am actually one of the regional managers um, part of a wider team called the um, UK partnerships team And what happened was there were some changes made um, uh, of just over a year ago. And one of the things, one of the, I guess, the priorities for our organization is the embedding of financial well-being across the UK. So part of that was actually um, an establishment of a partnerships team. Um, I am actually part of the England partnerships team. And there are 10 of us across uh, England. And my remit is I cover London, uh, East London, and my colleague Vicky Copeland covers West London. And what we are doing at the moment is we are going out there working with employers from all different sectors, private, public, voluntary third sectors, to embed financial well-being because we think it's extremely important about how people manage their money, um, not just on a day-to-day basis, but also for the future planning piece as well around pensions and so forth. So that's kind of what our remit is in a nutshell, really. Um, yeah, so it's amazing. Oh, so, sorry, go on. <laughs> what are you gonna say? Yeah, so and just in, in relation to that as well, we've um, developed our UK financial wellbeing strategy, which we launched in January of this year. So within that as well, there are five key themes um, which is focusing on things like financial foundations so we feel it's really important that children and young people um, including their parents um, get a really good education on finances understanding finances because we think that's a there's a huge gap there and there's a real development need Um, the others are a nation of savers Um, prior to lockdown we were when we were actually a nation of spenders Um, And the average person had less than £100 in savings, which wasn't great. So, again, that's another theme and focus that we have. Also around credit counts and um, using credit cards, because a lot of people use credit cards for everyday spending. So, again, it's looking at changing the habits, understanding credit as well. Uh, Better debt advice as well, because sadly for a lot of people who do, you know, for whatever reason, fall into debt. Um, they sometimes wait until it's, you know, at the crucial point before they come to any go anywhere really for advice. And then also a future focus, which is, again, as I mentioned earlier, about our um, about the future planning your pensions and so forth. So us as an organization, what we do is we have lots of free resources, um, lots of different tools um, on our website, uh, it's they all sit on um, the Money Advice Services website because as part of the changes, 
uh, we are still going through a branding exercise. But if you go log on to the uh, Money Advice Service website, there's tons of information right, for, and we call it from cradle to um, uh, to sort of right. yeah, because we you know so there's things about um, baby costs, baby calculators through to understanding mortgages, rents, through to um, pensions, also savings, uh, life assurance, uh, wills and powers of attorney, travel insurance, car insurance, you name it, it's in there and it's all free for, all for everybody. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, um, you know, what you do at, at MAPS. Um, I've been involved and I've kind of linked up with MAPS around the financial well-being strategy and have been having conversations um, uh, with regards to the particularly around gender yes um, and also yeah bringing up the kind of main piece and just making sure that we're included in those conversations and those strategies and um, the most recent report that was released you know you know the the gender piece as well as the you know black and ethnic minority piece was was definitely in there um, as a forefront and and like Monica said you know there's free advice on the money advice service website check it out and it goes from cradle to grave so from you know you know dealing with you know babies and issues around that and then also money issues around that I should say and also through to pensions and savings and insurance and everything, everything we've basically discussed on the podcast <laughs> basically <laughs> is, is, is on there so you know that's why it's great partnership that's why it's great that uh, to have you on here Monica because I wanted people to understand that there is this service available for you to use as well and um, I think sometimes particularly within the community it can feel like a, a kind of disconnect between kind of the government and services and things like that but you know obviously um, MAPS is an it's an armed length um body yeah. service but you have been kind of body yeah. yeah but you have been mandated to do this um you know provide this strategy um for people so it's just important that that's clear and um, so yeah Thank you so much for explaining that. And thank you so much for being here. Um, obviously, it's Talk Money Week as well. Uh -huh. So can you tell us a bit about that, you know, why it's been created and, and you know, yeah, why it's so um, important to talk about money? Yeah, so, yeah, basically Talk Money. So this is um, our third year, actually, of running this uh, campaign. And um, because what yeah. we find is um, a lot of people do not uh, don't feel comfortable about talking about money. Um, and, you know, um, will kind of put their head in the sand when it comes to any money issues. And in fact, we, um, you know, we as part of the campaign, which started at the beginning of this week, um, we did one around um, money secrets, which was really interesting as well. And so the, the whole focus of Talk Money Week is we have a week within the year, uh, within the year which is obviously November, where we encourage organisations and partners to help support the um, making it easier for either employers, employees, family members, friends, just to start having those conversations about money, you know, and sometimes just actually opening that, opening that, uh, the door to that conversation. There's a lot of relief that takes place yeah. as well, because people are so embarrassed about talking about their financial situations. And then again, for families as well, you know, they yeah. find that there's a lot of pressure put on them because children wanting things, you know, peer pressure, all that kind of thing. So we wanted to create kind of safe yeah. environments and a, a real opportunity to talk about money. And one of the things this year, everybody has been impacted by COVID, you know, 
um, sadly, um, yeah. BAME communities more so than others. You know, if you look at some of the stats around that. And sadly, again, when it comes to things like lower income, yeah. um, a lot of black Caribbean communities and Bangladeshi communities sit in those lower income brackets as well. And also there's been a higher, you know, higher deaths amongst those uh, communities, sadly. And so this year, it's uh, it's just been so important to really have those conversations and also to look at kind of providing advice and support as well. Um, and this is where I, I think I would also like to just emphasize about, you know, your future planning is so important um, because, it, you know, we've, we've started seeing kind of an increase in volume um, around trends and people asking for information. And one of the things has been to do with understanding more about wills and powers of attorney um so you know and and sadly some people have been caught short because of this you know this really um sad disease that's going on and you know so for a lot of people they've you know they've hadn't had time to think about that or you know due to other things everything yeah, else and yeah. suddenly yeah they're left with a death in the family you know then it's like well no finances were sorted out you know there's not been anything put in place about assets who who will you know look after that area as well and the other thing which you know just in terms of like BAM communities as well is our culture makes you know due to our culture and everything we actually automatically look after our older generations so we do end up being yeah. the carers mm -hmm. for our older generations. And now they're calling it the sandwich generation where we, we're not just looking after our, old, uh, you yeah. know, our elderly family members, but also our children, our children at the same time. Mm -hmm. And for some people, their grandchildren as well, yeah. you know. So, yeah, you know, for us, it's um, and I'll give you a personal, um, you know, a personal experience of mine. My, I am my mother's carer. I'm Indian. I am my mother's carer. And um, she's now 84 and she lives with me. And when my mother was 74, she sat me down and asked me to sort out her finances. And I was, I was the one who was having real issues dealing with that. And I was like, mom, I don't want to talk to you about this. And she said, no, yeah. I'd like to talk to you about this because I don't want to suddenly something happens to me. And I'm there. she said, I feel as if I'd be leaving you with a burden to sort everything out so you know and you know I take my hat off to yeah. my mom because she was very um practical about it um you know um e we even okay. talked about mm -hmm. things like what she would like to have happen as part of her funeral you know all kind of the the real detail which is really really difficult to do you know because you think your parents are going to live forever so no yeah, and we don't think about exactly that, do so we? you know now really? i do have in place her will a power of attorney you know i am uh, the main executor of that power of attorney and again you know just in terms of understanding assets and the government and you know in relation to care and if yeah. your family have to end up going into care if you do have an asset then potentially the government will be looking at using that to pay for your care needs a lot of people have the impression that social services will do it or the NHS will do it um, they do come in and support but if you do have an asset that potentially can be used to look after your parents um, if they go into care 
Yes. Yeah, so there's all of that planning that needs to be put into place before things happen. And I think COVID has, has just been kind of a, a sharp reminder of that. And so thank you for sharing um, your experience about what happened with your mum and, and taking over. And, I, and like you said, that initial conversation was probably very uncomfortable. But, you know, your mum was, was, you know, on the ball and just preparing, I guess, preparing for... Yeah. Um, you know what might happen in the future so it's really fortunate because um, a lot of people like you mentioned earlier will be unprepared completely unprepared and, and you know we all of all will probably know or the listeners will probably know of an experience whereby maybe someone's passed away and there's nothing in place so the whole family ends up scrambling around to um, figure out what to do um, you know you see crowd funds going on and things like that and unfortunately we don't need to be in that position right. we can plan um, and 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 manage manage that better um and then so you've mentioned about kind of the support um that's available through the money advice service website i know that you do work with um other organizations so are there any other organizations that you'd um you know that people can go to if they need help perhaps you know a current thing is um you know obviously with the, the redundancies you know suddenly having a uh, kind of, I guess, a money crisis, you know, a, a kind of an income crisis, all of a sudden your income's gone, you know, what, where can people go to find advice about that? Also with housing, you know, if, if you know, we've heard a lot about payment holidays. Yeah, um, so. Mortgage holidays. Yeah, so in just like in that. terms of um, mortgage holidays and um, so the, so what you have now is, and, and there's been an extension through the government, you know, until March of next year, and that was to do with mortgage holidays, credit card holidays, and overdraft fees as well. So um, if you are banking, whoever you're banking with your lender, you will need to go to them to seek advice about, you know, um, if you yeah. need to then apply for a holiday, um, a mortgage holiday. Um, sadly, when the, you know, when COVID first hit, a lot of people were of the impression that a COVID holiday, um, sorry, a mortgage holiday meant that we, you didn't actually have to pay anything back. Um, and it doesn't mean yeah. that at all. It means, for example, if you've got a mortgage for five years and uh, for five years, it meant initially it meant you had would have an extension on that mortgage. So your mortgage would then be extended for five years, three months because of the three months holiday. That, um, okay. Now it's gone to, well, it'll be from March yeah. to March of next year now, potentially. So you're looking at a year's, so it'll be an additional year dependent upon how how many months you will need yeah. that mortgage holiday for. A similar thing with the credit card uh, repayments as well. You can have a break in, in having to pay that back. Um, however, again, just bear in mind, you know, one of the things this is, we are trying to, you know, really kind of alert people to is, you still will have to make that payment back at some point, you know. Um, and, and again, a very similar thing with the overdraft as well. So a lot of banks were, um, the banks were going to be changing the whole overdraft charging uh, facility in February of this year. And then with us yeah. working with the FCA, because we work very close, closely with the Financial Conduct Authority, um, we actually talked through the impact of COVID and it was agreed that the new charges that were going to be coming out for the overdraft facility um, would be put on hold. Um, and then uh, again, further discussions, and it was agreed that you can actually have an overdraft facility free of charge up to a certain amount. 
So again, it will be dependent upon which lender you yeah. are going to. Um, in relation to things like housing, um, you, again, you would need to go, if you are renting, you will need to go back to your housing provider or if you're with a private landlord, again, there, I'm going to be honest, there's been some naughty landlords out there, which sadly, you know, if people, if you're living in shared accommodation, yeah. for example, as soon as the landlord's been finding out that, you know, you're losing your job, they've actually just not given you any notice and asked you to leave. And again, it's about people understanding their rights. Yeah. So we do have some information about rental agreements and those sorts yeah. of things. And the other thing as well is just to alert, again, people to the fact that mortgage holidays also is private landlords can apply for mortgage holidays so they can get a break as well. So yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. it's having that conversation with your landlord to say, well, actually, do you, are you not aware of the fact that you can actually apply for a mortgage holiday as well? You know, if you're finding it difficult to repay your mortgage um, and so forth. But really, landlords are meant to give you notice before they... Um, they you know ask you to leave a property so again it's about understanding what's in your rental agreement um and yeah mm -hmm. that's right and knowing and knowing your rights yeah, about absolutely. those sorts of things as well so because we've had some you know we've been working very closely with a lot of local authorities um and they're finding that their homelessness has, has been there's been an increase in homelessness due to private landlords and their behavior and a lot of, you'd be surprised at how many people don't understand their actual rights when it comes to um uh, uh the renting of their properties so again and then we have other organizations mm -hmm. as well yeah. we have so for debt you know as i mentioned we have a free debt advice service we 40 percent of our funding goes towards debt advice and that helps to fund places like citizen advice step change um, and there's another organization as well called Turn to Us. And they're very good at working with people to understand things like entitlement to benefits. And that was a huge surge that was coming through as well um, in terms of trends when people were ringing us or contacting us through web or WhatsApp. Because again, um, a lot of people didn't, we had a lot of what we call new universal claimants, credit claimants. And they didn't understand okay. what they were entitled mm -hmm. to, um, have never been, um, as I call it, in the system. Um, so didn't understand what their mm -hmm. rights were, what they could access, what, you know, the, the waiting times as well of how long it will take to process things. So, again, there are lots of really good organizations out there that can help and support an individual through, you know, certainly through the crisis. But I always say go back and talk to the people that you are already um, borrowing from, you know, your first port of call is to go and talk to them. And even if you're anxious and worried, you know, um, just give them a call because you'd be surprised at what is in place. So again, with utility companies, a lot of people don't know that you can actually set up a, what we call a prepayment plan. Um, again, with council tax, okay. now council mm -hmm. tax, you know, you're talking about what should I pay for and what I shouldn't pay for. So, you know, things like rent, you need to pay your rent or your mortgage, you need to pay your council tax, um, those sorts of things. So you'd look at what yeah. we call priority debts and non-priority debts and work through those as a plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. And it's so reassuring to know that there is so much help and support out there that people can access today 
So, you know, at the very least, check out, you know, the money advice service. Uh, you mentioned citizens advice, step change, and then also turn to us about, you know, benefits entitlement. So if anyone is listening, if anyone has been impacted in any way um, by what we've you know, spoken about in terms of COVID, make sure you check out these organisations and go and get that help and support. Um, you know, one of the reasons why I created Black Girl Finance myself was because I wanted to get everyone talking about money because it can cause lots of stress and anxiety. Um, so yeah, it's definitely important to go and talk, um, you know, to your lenders or providers and then also talk to these organisations yeah. just so you know your right. And, and sorry, much. apologies, I forgot to um, mention, credit unions okay. are really good as well. And a lot of people don't realise okay. that mm-hmm. credit unions um, offer a very similar service um, to a bank or a financial institution. And the thing with the credit yeah. union as well is that they will um, help support an individual even if they have, you know, you know, for whatever reason, got into some form of what we call bad debt. Um, and also, you know, so you can go, they do mm-hmm. savings plans, they do loans, they provide a lot of support and advice as well. So, you know, check out your local credit union as well to, and, and see if you can go and get some, you know, some advice, really good advice and support from them as well. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, that's a good point. So can I just ask, because we had some questions in from um, our, you know, uh, followers on Instagram, uh, basically put a shout out to ask for questions for you. So there are some questions I want to ask you. But do you mind if I ask you some questions just about, you know, away from what you do at MAPS, just about your kind of relationship with money? Have you always been good with handling money? Can I um, ask that? Actually, I have. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I'll tell you for why. And and some okay, you know some people <laughs> yeah. um, I'll share with you. I'm 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 possibly a lot older than maybe some of your listeners. Okay, so you know it might be that they go home and have these conversations okay. with their parents. I don't know. Um, but growing up, um, my parents came here from India, and um, there was lots of issues around trust within communities and with institutions, and they saw the banks as being an, uh, an institution. And also, for whatever reasons, back then, you know, this was like the late 50s, um, you know, um, having the relevant information to open up a bank account and everything was quite difficult to begin with for a lot of communities, you know, not just the Asian community. I certainly know about the black community as well. You know, in my previous roles, I led on equality, diversity and um, know a lot about a lot of things in terms of those areas. And um, so my mum used to, yeah. um, uh, you know, she, she was working. And then at the end of the week, um, I remember we used to do, I, I used to call it the shop run. And we used to go to all these different shops and they tended yeah. to be owned by um, Asian people. And it was either a clothes shop, a food shop, whatever. And she would like put a couple of pounds, go and give a couple of pounds yeah. to one shop and then to another and to another. And we called it a committee. Yeah. yeah. And um, I know in the Caribbean community, they okay. call it a partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so watching yeah, yeah, all that absolutely. and then she'd go around and then when it used to. And so basically everyone used to put in these pots of money. And then if your name came out, if you needed more, you know, the money for that particular month because something was coming up, you were given priority. So there was like a list, a priority list in terms of, you know, needs and wants kind of thing. So because I used to yeah. watch all this going on and this was at a very young age I was must have been about six or seven 
And then when I used to see her collect the money, mm-hmm. I used to think, wow, okay, so that is what... So I learned at a very mm-hmm. early age, if you put like a pound in here and a pound in there, then you, you know, at the end of a certain amount of time, you're going to have a pot of money, you know. And then as I got older, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, I... Um, I started work quite early, you know, in terms of I used to have lots of part-time jobs and things whilst I was studying. And I just got into the habit of yeah. I'd put like, you know, a couple of pounds. I, I had a I'm, – I'm from Leeds, you probably can tell by my northern accent. And Leeds has got a, a really famous big market. And I used to work <laughs> in the markets. And I um, <laughs> I got eight pounds for working on Saturday. <laughs> Child labor or what? Um, And so I I learned to, right, half of this money I'm going to spend on me and half of this money I'm just going to put into a pot. And I used to put the pot away and and like just put it away and completely forget about it. And then at the end Mm -hmm. of like six months, I'd have a pot of money. Now, it's really interesting because my sister is rubbish at saving because she never went on those trips with me and my mom. <laughs> so what funny. would always happen would be she would end up yeah. borrowing money from me and I never got it back. <laughs> okay, that's so funny. Do you know, it's really interesting because um, I think my childhood, like I heard my mum talk about doing the Bardner, but I never actually saw any kind of handling of money, Um, you know, you know, when we went to the, the market, which we used to do every Saturday ourselves, um, yep. you know, she used to just kind of pay for everything. We were more just, you know, carrying the bag, me and my twin sister. So, um, you know, there was not that kind of, I guess, that very clear money, I guess, budgeting lesson or visible budgeting lesson. So for me, although I knew about the partner and um, kind of knew how it worked, uh, because in my household, there was not much conversation around money. Um, essentially, when I started working, I just spent it all. <laughs> no, no, no money, no budgeting skills, no saving skills. It, it was just completely, um, you know, a myth and a mystery to me. So um, I spent a lot of time not saving, but it was quite interesting. Um, yeah, and that's, I guess it goes back to Talk Money Week and the importance of not just, you know, managing money as an adult, but talking to your children about money and getting them involved yeah. in the actual physical, I guess, handling and counting out of money and, and the yeah. saving. That's I mean, really, really important, I think. That's you know, right. I mean, again, you know, going back example, to Talk Money and also some of the, <laughs> you know, the initiatives we've we've been doing and everything. And uh, one of the things we were, we were planning on doing um, pre just pre-COVID was encouraging people to actually just take cash for the week and just use that cash and not use any credit cards or anything mm-hmm. and almost testing to see um if that you know how that made them feel did it make them kind of understand the the value of money really because I think sadly now with the credit cards what tends to happen is yeah you know everyone's just using them fine you know there there are some good deals on credit cards into those sorts of things but you really do have to shop around now because they're, they're becoming more and more scarce but you know it's mm-hmm. it is it, it yeah so when you're doing that you have less control of understanding well how much have I got left to spend you know um 
So it, it, in yeah, some ways it's quite okay. sad, but there are again, you know, if, you know, if any of you, you know, your, your followers and that, there are some really good apps out there now as well. So Monzo is a really good app because what Monzo does is it, mm-hmm. it's try, it's got within it, it's also got like a, a, a savings aspect and an education aspect as well. So for example, if someone's yeah. going for a coffee, you know, everyone was yeah. into their coffees, you know, and paying whatever they were paying. Yeah, when we could. Yeah, correct. When we could. Um, yeah. So what Monza was encouraging was, let's just say the coffee was one pound eighty. It was saying, why don't you pay two pounds for that coffee? So one pound eighty would go towards the payment, but the twenty pence would be put into a savings account. And slowly but surely, mm-hmm. and and because this Round was quite up. visual on the phones and everything, people, you know, could see that there was a, a they had a savings pot. And B, it was actually growing. And then sometimes when they were going into that, spending some of that money, that pot, because they could visually see it reducing, they didn't like it. And it's starting to help and encourage people to get into that savings habit, you know. Um, So, you know, there there are things out there that that can help. Um, So when I was growing up, we didn't... (laughs) We didn't have apps and things like that. So I used to have lots of different no. accounts. So I used to have a holiday account. I used to have like um, what I call my little luxury account, you know, there wasn't much money in it, but, you know, um, and like, uh, a, a, and then I had actual had a proper savings account and things. And when I was part of, I used to work for Leeds Council and they did mm-hmm. a, they had a payroll deduction scheme in place with um, the credit union. And the credit union used to offer to staff a um, yeah. a savings account, Christmas savings account. So I used to also put into that. And that kept, because that came directly out of your salary, before you got your salary, you didn't feel the pinch as much. Yeah. And then because you were left with a pot of money, a smaller pot of money, you still somehow managed to, you know, survive with, with that pot of money um, by kind of like doing, you know, making smart, smarter choices, really. Yeah. Um, and, and and so forth. Yeah. So it sounds like you've always been great at like budgeting. You know, having the idea of having the different pots of money. I think it's great if you are someone that you know, if your money's all in just one place, and you know, you are just kind of spending for your kind of utilities, and then for your fun stuff and your holidays and Christmas is coming up. If it's all in one place, it can get a bit out of control. So you know, having you know, prior to the apps but having the ability to just open up more than one account because I think sometimes you can feel like you're only yeah. like one account <laughs> one bank account for everything and maybe a second one for saving but we're not restricted in that way um and like you mentioned the apps finally you've mentioned the app because the next episode I'm going to put out is about a, a kind of budgeting and saving okay <laughs> so that's going to be out on Tuesday um talking about you know technology and, and and apps and you know how it impacts us how it can help us because I think it's moved away from just having you know a, a standard bank account with a, a banking app that does nothing other than you know you can look at uh-huh. you know transfer money in and out of it to being able to create those pots and save um they also link up with of, um you know investing accounts and things like that that's it right makes it easy to open investing accounts and things like that so it's doing a, yeah. the and, banking and the, apps are doing a lot more than that's right um, and, and what, the other thing as well is there's a lot more out on um in the market now especially with covid we've seen a huge surge and increase in companies like um kind of 
you know, creating mm-hmm. um, more apps now as well. And I think there's there's been a demand for it because of the restrictions around the banks, you know, and going to banks because a lot of banks have now reduced their opening hours and everything. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of um, yep. a lot of people have seen that as opportunities to now really kind of look at the app side of things, which I think is actually a great thing to do as well, because, you know, on, you know, it just gives people Absolutely. more choice, really, in terms of decisions. But it's being aware of all those choices that are out there as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. And just finally, we're going to go on to the questions that we had through and, um, you know, um, yeah, you, you can feel free to answer them. If not, fine, I'll answer them. But um, so the first question that we had was, kind of how do you start investing as a beginner? So I don't know if you invest um, I do actually, but I get or... my husband to do it. Um, but I'll kind of like um, say to him, okay. you know, um, <laughs> how's it going? So so in terms of investments, really, you just need to be, first of all, I would probably say you just need to be mindful of, um, do you have the financial resource to do that? You know, um, and that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, what also, have you, you start, so, uh, are you yeah. making sure that things like priority debts have been sorted out first and foremost? Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, Absolutely. you can yeah. look at investments Um, what types of investment, you know, there, there's lots of different things. There's shares, there's bonds, there's funds, there's even government bonds and gifts like that. And and again, a lot of people, you know, over the last sort of there's been a huge surge in the yeah. last sort of 25 years around uh, properties and invested in property. A lot of people have been saying, you know, that's my kind of my uh, pension plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and. People don't look at a pension as an investment, Mm -hmm. which it is. That's true. That's very true. That's right. It is. It's invested somewhere. That's right. And the other thing (laughs) as well is there are no rules Mm -hmm. about um, having more than one pension. So, you know, you might be working for an employer where there's Mm -hmm. a pension plan in place, and that's great. And this is why, you know, again, we do provide free pension advice. You can have an appointment uh, for an hour to talk through your pensions what your pot is going to look like we can't go into what we call the regulated space where we say right you need to go and get this product and those sorts of things we can't do that but we can give you a a summary of um, what your what your numbers are going to look like at the end of when you come up to retirement so you could even potentially consider and think about another pension plan now the only thing with the pension plan piece would be um, once you put into it, you would not be able to take anything out until you hit like at 55, you can take it dependent upon what pension you have, you can withdraw 25% of it. So if you're a young person, yep. say who's 25, you might think, Oh, I have to wait a 30 something years for that one. So that I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, but then you, yeah. I would certainly say to yourselves, possibly look at getting some advice from somewhere you know um, about looking at investments you can go to your providers your your lenders they do have um, you know shares uh, uh, products in place so you might want to have an appointment with them and find out what you know what sort of things there are and where does their funding actually go into and things you could actually depend upon how confident you feel you could actually look at doing the stock markets yourselves and playing on the stock markets. But I do have to, you know, kind of just say, look, be very um, 
do that with caution, okay? Because the thing with the stock markets is they go up and down. For example, yeah. mm-hmm. they, they due to the impact of COVID, they took a real hit. And then last week with the announcement of the new um, vaccine, all the shares have have gone sky high again. So I would probably say um, in the first instance, Mm -hmm. sort of shop around, look online, go and talk to your lenders and maybe look at getting some advice before you were looking at things like shares and bonds and so forth. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. that's really good advice. Definitely do lots and lots of research um, and yeah, and potentially speak to somebody about it. And I think the idea, like you said, about perhaps getting a, a pension or just making sure initially that you are, you know, you know, within that pension scheme, if, you, if you've got an employee pension scheme, is a good start. And it yeah. is investing. Um, so, yeah, just on that as well, just in terms of pension, <laughs> just um, again for, you know, for your, for your followers, they are now saying the average 25-year-old are going to live until they're 90. So, and, yeah. <laughs> I remember you saying that and last week when the, we spoke about this episode. Yeah, yeah I was, the thing yeah, is, freaked out by what that. people don't, some, well, tend to forget. Because when you're young, you know, hey, I was young one day, you know, did I think about a pension? Did I, heck, you know, I was more into, like, going out and having a great time. Um, but as you get older, you suddenly start going, oh, Okay, yeah, maybe I need to think about my future. And the other thing is that as you get Mm -hmm. older, you do become unhealthier. And, you know, some stats show when you start hitting the age of sort of like 55 plus, there are things that will happen, you know, for women in particular due to the menopause. You know, you can end up with osteoporosis, you can have um, arthritis, um, you know, diabetes may kick in. So you, you... will start to become unhealthier, you know, due to aging, you know. And so, however, you yeah. are st- mm-hmm. we are still living longer. You know, you're now seeing people living until they're 90. Even older people are living until they're 85, 90. Mm-hmm. So your pension plan, really, and your pension pool, when you thought, oh, yeah. I'm probably going to, you know, I probably won't be around after I'm 70. That's not the case anymore. So you might want to seriously think about, you know, I would say Mm -hmm. to everybody, go get some advice about your pension. Look and see, for those of you that have a pension, look at your numbers. Think about those extra years. Is that going to then give you enough for those extra additional years that you're going to live longer? Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I think you make really good points there because we don't think about the fact that you know we may think you know 70 or 80 but no it's much longer than that so yeah I I 100% agree with that just one more question we've got we've had we've got quite a few but just one more just to squeeze in before we wrap up um Uh there was one about overdrafts oh actually should we do the money money as a graduate job so someone said, how, how should I handle yeah. my money with a graduate job? So I don't know um, how you handle so, your money um, as a graduate. It's really about kind of thinking. <laughs> so, you know, we mentioned this earlier about um, looking at um, apps and things. So there's quite a few budgeting apps that you could think about, you know, maybe considering. Um, the good thing <laughs> about COVID is... Um, you know, we're not able to go out and eat as much, but I know there's been an increase in deliveries of food and things. So, again, you know, yeah, 
thinking <laughs> yeah exactly who's, which who's is all well and good and it's great <laughs> hey everyone all of us like a takeout you know i i love a takeout you know when i when i've had a hard week and everything but it might be just re-looking at that and thinking about how many takeouts a week am i having could i potentially like make some food and you know one of the things i used to do as a graduate and you might laugh at this now but i used to get like a big you know, do a huge cookout, as I would call it, freezer up my food. And then, you know, that would last me a good two mm-hmm. or three weeks. And I'd have, I'd do a variety of meals as well. So I wouldn't get bored. And the other thing I used to yeah. do on the side was actually sell my portions to my flatmates and things, you know, and Did make you? a little bit of money wow. on the side as well. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I, I was good at doing curry, you know, hey, I'm Indian, I've, I cook curry, so everybody loves curry. So, you know, um, yeah. so it's just about thinking about, you know, your, your shopping, where are you shopping as well? And, and I, I, I had this discussion the other day with someone, when you're in the supermarkets, you know, these two for one deals and, you know, get two at this price. Oh, some yeah. of them are a bit of a, a con, as I call it, because actually, if you get it under the normal price, it works out cheaper than if you buy it under that deal. So shop mm-hmm. smarter, okay, as well. Yeah. Um, you know, things like don't be embarrassed about, you know, when the reduced items go on sale. They go on sale in certain, um, in certain supermarkets between certain times of the day. Like I think it's between 10, 9 and 10 on a morning or between like 4 and 5 on an afternoon when they start reducing because, you know, it's just about to go out of date. Mm-hmm. Again, you could yeah. like get all that stuff and freeze it. Things like other things to think about is things like selling items. If you've got, if you just come out, if you've graduated and you're in a job and you've got some books you want to sell, you might want to think about that. Um, You might even, if you have the time, you know, want to think about topping up your salary with, say, another part time role. There's lots of tutoring that can take place. You know, you you you've graduated, you've got a great degree on lots of skills. You know, so there might be things that are. Uh, there are opportunities there and also do things like shop around so you've got things like money super money savings experts you know as money supermarket even uh, martin lewis and his newsletter is really good because it tells Mm -hmm. you about all the different you know stuff that's out there a bit like yourself as well you know make sure we keep on following you and your advice and everything so lots of different things really yeah, no, you've mentioned so many good good tips there because, you know, one is saving money somewhere, increasing, you know, income somewhere else and, yeah. you know, just getting all of the advice, the, the you know, creative money saving advice that you can get. Um, so, yeah, perfect. Thank you so much, Monica. No, thank you. Um, it's been great. Yeah, it's been lovely talking to you. And like I said, just to reiterate, there's so much um help and support available to you guys to make sure you know if you are struggling with money you seek that advice you know check out some of the websites mentioned by monica um and yeah you know thank you so much that's all i can say it's been really great no thank you and and i would just like to reinforce yeah please please do go get advice and if you're you know we have a free contact center you can call us you know and we have whatsapp we have web chat but i would strongly recommend if you're ever worried or anxious about your money don't let it don't continue to be worried please there's lots of support and help out there and please access it fantastic thank you monica i'm gonna end the 
So there you have it guys, a special extra Black Girl Finance episode in honour of Talk Money Week. You know, this episode was very much focused on, you know, help and support that's available. Some people are doing okay during COVID, some people are unfortunately struggling a lot financially, but you do not have to do it in silence. Make sure you speak to your lenders as Monica advised. Also, you know, reach out to these organisations and get the support and help you need. Don't be ashamed, don't be embarrassed. You need to just, you know, make that phone call. Okay? It is Talk Money Week, so it was a special episode, but I hope this week encourages you to continue keep on talking about money, whether you're talking to young people about money, whether you're talking to your older family members about money, make sure you keep the conversations going. It's super, super important. Speak next week. Thanks. Bye.